This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, March 8th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our look at the Power 5 conferences, five storylines to monitor, and we're shifting it over to the Big 12 as we continue our series here on the podcast. I am joined by Cooper. Cooper, let's, let's get it out of the way. We brought this up on social media. You you quote tweeted one of our episodes, or your last appearance on the podcast. And before I, I mention your last name, I want to give you the stage. I want to give you the spotlight and and tell us how have I been mispronouncing your last name? <laughs> I've been letting you go with it. You know what happened? I, I found out not too long ago that you know Patagna is an Italian last name, but in Italy it's really pronounced Patania. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm hearing you say Cooper Patania. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether I should, should let this go or not. And then it finally got to the point where I, I figured I had to say something. But either way, I'm good with it. But Patagna, Patagna will work. So do you like Patagna or do you like do. Patania? Like I'm a man of culture. Cooper, I, right. I don't know if you know, like, so I'm, my, my parents are, are both Mexican. I've been, I've been to Italy. So I kind of, you know, dabble a little bit in, in that language. And, and so I, I felt like I was taking that next step in, in terms of being able to pronounce <laughs> it the way I thought it was supposed to, but I can go Patagna. I like it. Yeah, no, you're, you are cultured. You see, I haven't been to Italy yet. I haven't, I haven't even been to Europe. So I feel like I have to earn it. So right now we're going to, we're going to stick with Patagna. Dude, highly recommend it. Florence, one of the best cities in the world. If you could ever make go. it, Florence, Italy, awesome. So Cooper Patagna, we're going to tackle five storylines in the Big 12 Conference. As we head into the spring, it's it's a quiet period now. So we're seeing a lot of recruits take visits, hit the road, being able to go and check out some of these options ahead of the official visits. And it's a really important and a crucial time in, in the recruiting process. This is when uh, some of these battles are, are won, uh, when some of these schools start to differentiate themselves from others and separate themselves and, and, and lock in some future dates that eventually turn into commitments and those relationships begin to foster. And, and I feel like there's been so much turnover in terms of head coaches and there's been a lot of changes uh, with the transfer portal and all that. So I, I think the next few weeks are very important in terms of getting clarity with where some of these recruits might be leaning and, and what schools are, are real possibilities. Let's start with one of those schools that has uh, undergone perhaps one of the biggest changes across college football, and that would be Oklahoma. Uh, Lincoln Riley is now in Los Angeles, and that means that Brent Benables has his, his task of being able to, in a way, 
allow recruits to come in and meet the new staff, meet the new direction of the program, meet him and and what he's about. And Oklahoma has a lot to replace there. Let's not mistake it, right? Lincoln Riley has for a long time been considered one of the best head coach recruiters in the country. And Venables has a lot to live up to, but he's not uh, a slouch by any means, right? He's been at at Clemson. He's been able to be kind of a right-hand man to Debo Sweeney. He's been able to recruit different areas of the country. He has a background in Norman, Oklahoma, and and I think that's going to help him a little bit. But I think that's one thing that we're going to be looking for this spring. How are recruits going to be able to take in that new staff, take in Venables, and and how is Oklahoma going to be able to react to the changes that, that have taken place? Well, I think so far it, you have to be pleased if you're an Oklahoma fan with Brent Venables and their staff. I think that going out and getting an offense coordinator like Jeff Levy and then in the 2023 class, getting one of the top signal callers in, in Jackson Arnold. So they're off to a quick start there. I think with them, it's going to be really interesting. They, they did a really good job of shoring up that 2022 class once Lincoln Riley departed for USC. Now what I think is really going to be the question is Clemson was more with Dabo Swinney five, six hour radius within the 300 miles. And with their success, they, they, they started to expand that footprint. It's going to be interesting to me that Brent Venables is really going to copy that blueprint from Dabo Swinney at Clemson and really kind of stick in that area of the Southwest and really kind of extend maybe into South Florida and Louisiana and in some other parts of the Southeast. But there's so much talent there in that, that pocket of the Southwest. And, you know, whether or not they're going to continue to extend their brand into the West Coast, into California. I think that's really uh, a big question for me and something that I'm really looking forward to, to evaluating with Brent Venables. But I think the energy that he's approached Oklahoma with, I think he's been a breath of fresh air. I think it's going to he, he's really kind of fixating on building the culture uh, there with the Sooners. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do on the trail. I know so far, so good. There's been a, a lot of positive reaction to it. Yeah, I thought it was very important for him to retain a DeMarco Murray, right? Who has that that brand appeal, that name appeal, especially in Norman, uh, former Oklahoma Sooner and a former star running back who can kind of bleed that program and really sell it to recruits. And then the other one was was getting Bill Biedenball, the, the offensive line coach to also stay and, and not follow Lincoln Riley to L- LA. He's considered one of the better offensive line coaches in the country to, to have those two guys return on the offensive side of the ball. And he's able to shore up his own defensive side of the ball. Uh, I thought it was very important to continue uh, that stability within the program. And, and obviously we're going to be tracking to see how the Sooners are able to build off of their four early commitments here in, in this 2023 class uh, from one program that's headed to the SEC to the other program that's headed to the SEC. That would be Texas. And Steve Sarkeesian did build some considerable momentum. I don't think we can really say that Texas is back already, but I I think you have to like the direction of what this program was able to do this last year in that first true recruiting class for Steve Sarkeesian. And then obviously landing the transfer commitment of Quinn Ewers, an Austin native who had gone out to Ohio State for a year, a former number one prospect in his class and 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 in kind of you know being able to maybe hand him the keys to to this program and and you know in a sense I'm interested to see where else Texas can go from where there are where they are now in terms of recruiting right can Sark now turn it up a notch they like to utter this phrase all gas no brakes well let, let's see a little bit more gas 
Yeah, we we talked a lot about on the broadcast, especially in December, really in February too, but we talked about the top four classes in the country. And really, you know, I made the point that starting with Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and then Ohio State really at number four. But those those top three classes were in a tier of their own. And then you had Ohio State with a really good class. Those were the upper echelon programs this past year in the 2022 recruiting cycle. That next tier was really Texas. And they did a really good job addressing a lot of needs, both in the short term and the long term. Getting Quinn Ewers back in the boat, obviously somebody who played his high school football in Texas was, was really huge uh, for them and the momentum of the program. But I like what they did with their class. They had 28 players. Players. They finished with the number five ranked recruiting class at Texas and in the, in the number one uh, recruiting class in the Big 12, which I think for Steve Sarkeesian in his first class, that's important to set the tone for what the expectation is in Austin. They go out, they get Terrence Brooks, a, a lot of other guys, Justice Finkley from Hewitt Trustville in Alabama that we liked. We've talked a lot about Malik Murphy, a guy now that can sit and develop behind the Quinn Ewers and that offensive line as well. I can't forget about them between Devin Campbell, Kelvin Banks, Nato Umio. Zulu and Cameron Williams. So, uh, and Malik Agbo up there from the Pacific Northwest. So they've done a tremendous job, I think, addressing their needs. Like I said, short-term, long-term, I think the offensive line is definitely a place that they need to get better. I think there is a lot of skill on the perimeter offensively. Now that really just has to translate to the field. I think they, they didn't get it done on the field this year, but for them to not show up in, in, in that part, but to be able to sustain the momentum recruiting-wise, that was really critical uh, for the future outlook of the Texas Longhorns program. Yeah, and that, that's where the spring visits, I think, come into play, Coop, is where you're able to invite recruits on campus, you show them around, but then you also show them what's happening on the field, right? Like, come check out a spring practice, see the progress that we're making, look how physical we are, look how fast we're playing, look at what we're doing up front with this new offensive line, look at Quinn Ewers and what he's doing, right? Like, give these recruits a taste of what's to come and and they will follow. I think it's it's one of those things where Texas, like you said, they have to start proving it on the field a little bit more and then that will take them to, to that next level. Only one commitment right now and they're sitting outside the top 40 nationally. It's early. Which we're still in early March, uh, but heading into the spring, I think you're going to have to see a little bit more momentum at the Sarkeesian and that staff to really suggest that Texas is going to be able to follow up a really strong 2022 cycle uh, here in this 2023 class. We're going to take a short break. We're going to continue to discuss Big 12 recruiting storylines. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm joined by national recruiting analyst Cooper Patagna. Has not been to Italy 
but he's been everywhere else. Cooper, you're you're a man of, of adventure. Uh, I know you're headed out to Louisiana a couple of times here in the next couple of weeks. And, and you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the feedback is early on in an evaluation process as we continue to refresh the 2023 class, look at some of the 2024 class, and then start to identify potential top 100 prospects in 2025. I know you're in your first year here at, at 24-7 Sports, but give us kind of a, uh, an, a look or maybe a, uh, an indication of what that's been like for you uh, stepping outside of the the personnel office and those recruiting offices and getting out on the road and, and kind of getting a first glimpse of some of these recruits. Well, it's been great. You know, the travel really picked up for us recently and, and heading down to Miami, been down to Orlando and between the UA combine and, and down there in South Florida and, and pylon seven on seven. That was really my first taste of kind of being on the media side. And, you know, we've talked about this at length a few times before, but you know, that was the one thing, the one element of, of being on the personnel side, on the team side that we didn't have exposure to was being an in-person. Um, so I think that in-person evaluation is so important and it, it speaks volumes, not just from what you're getting from an athletic indicator and seeing these guys move around, and but how they act. What is their competitive temperament? How many reps are they taking during one-on-one settings? How do these guys kind of carry themselves, their body language and all that are different pieces to the puzzle of this, you know, two to three uh, year arc of, of when we start evaluating these players. Um, so when we uh, really cement their rankings in, in December and in February. So that part has been really fascinating to me. I've enjoyed that getting to see these guys live from the moment of identifying them, evaluating them on tape, and then going to see them in person and then continuing to watch them develop throughout their junior and senior year. So that's been good. You know, our, our scouting team is awesome between Gabe Brooks, myself and, and Chris Singletary and, and Steve Wolfong obviously leading the charge there. So that's been good. We're, you know, we're planning out for the rest of the summer and the spring here and getting ready. And as you mentioned, the top 20, 2025, the top 100 players, I mean, it never sleeps, you know, so, but uh, we, we're fortunate to get to do what we get to do. And I've enjoyed being out on the road and, and getting to learn some new stuff. Yeah. Only thing we need now is a camp somewhere in Italy, right? That that would check off a lot of boxes for <laughs> That'd us. That'd be good. Let, yep. Yeah. So let's move on to, to the next storyline in the Big 12. That would be Texas Tech. They're off to a phenomenal start in the 2023 class. And don't look now, but they lead the country in commitments with 13. They sit number two nationally right behind Notre Dame in the composite team recruiting rankings for this 2023 class. So new head coach Joey McGuire not slowing down, not stopping, and not really uh, batting an eye as he's arrived there in Lubbock. Uh, it, this is a very interesting situation because McGuire was uh, at Baylor as an assistant coach, coached various positions. Before that, was a, a longtime head coach at Cedar Hill, one of the powerhouses there in the Lone Star State. So he's got a lot of ties throughout the, the state. He's got obviously some college connections. Uh, I think he's a well-regarded and well-liked coach. And that's carrying over to recruiting. I think the, the fact that they've got 13 commitments at this point heading into mid-March shows that there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of belief in what he's going to be able to build at Texas Tech. I think you know it's very optimistic to believe or to think that they could end up with a top 10 class, but watch out. If, if, if Texas Tech is able to really do some stuff on the field and and parlay those connections, parlay those relationships that McGuire has up and down the state, if he's able to combine that with some on-field success, I mean, we could be talking about the the viable contender for that number three spot in the Big 12. 
Sure. Yeah, he's off to a heck of a start, too. He's got three players within the top 24-7. All 13 of Texas Tech's commits are from the state of Texas. And I think when you're at Texas Tech, that's it's not necessarily an easy place to recruit, with all due respect to them. So I think him leaning on his connections, obviously his background in the state of Texas, being a high school coach at Cedar Hill, as you mentioned, we've seen the early benefits of that now. Similar to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, and they were able to carry momentum even in a five and seven year. I think with Texas Tech, if you can get to a bowl game, you can win six games, seven games at Texas Tech in Lubbock. That is going to prove huge uh, for Joey McGuire down the line in, in Texas Tech. So uh, I like the start. What they have right now, Isaiah Crawford, a six four, two hundred and ten pound edge from from post high school. Uh, above him, his athletic upside, Brennan Jordan's another really versatile safety, and Anquan Willis, who's a really good running back as well. Love his physical style of play. So I love the fact that he has really re-energized that program. Definitely from a recruiting standpoint, that is definitely the punch that they needed uh, with his hire. Yeah, and a lot of optimism and I think a lot of clarity in terms of the direction of that program. I think there's a lot of people around that program and, and in the state that believe that big things are coming Texas Tech's way, especially with McGuire leading the charge. There's a lot of certainty there, but the other storyline in the Big 12 is is maybe an uncertain future, and that would be with Matt Campbell in Iowa State. And that's not because Matt Campbell um, you know, has done anything, but it, I think he's done such a great job there in his tenure that there has been some whispers, and we saw it in the last coaching carousel where his name is being floated around uh you know with job openings or potential job openings or if there was a domino here you know Matt Campbell would become a candidate there right like there was so much talk of that and I think to an extent that affects recruiting right like you you look at that and you're like okay well if I go there if I go to Iowa State will Matt Campbell be my coach or you know let's say I go there and in two or three years um you know another job opens up who's going to be my head coach I think that's always something that's going to be in the back of the minds of Iowa State recruits. You've been in several different recruiting offices. How do the staff members, how do assistant coaches, how does a head coach combat things like that heading into a spring when visitor after visitor is coming into the office and asking those those types of questions? You try to stay on message, and that's important from the head coach all the way down to the coaching staff, to the support staff. I think there has to be a, a singular message that's being preached uh, to your audience, and, and that would be the recruits and, and their families. And I, I will say this with Matt Campbell. I, I don't think he's been anything other than 10 toes down at Iowa State since he's been there. Uh, and it really wasn't until this last offseason where we kind of really heard some some whispers of maybe him kind of being a little bit more open to the idea of leaving. But I do think that is one person that is committed to that program, developing that program and taking that program places that it's never been before. But in terms of handling that situation. I, I, I think that's just important. I think you do the best that you can do within that situation. And it's hard. It, it, it's really difficult. We've kind of seen it with Lincoln Riley uh, departing Oklahoma. We've seen it with Brian Kelly uh, leaving Notre Dame, which was really kind of unexpected and out of the blue for, for LSU. So in a lot of that, there were some, uh, I don't want to say consequences, but I think left you know, a bad taste in, in, in a few people's mouths and the players uh, certainly as well. And you'd understand why they feel that way. But in the case of Matt Campbell, I, I don't expect Iowa State to get anything other than 110% from him up until maybe the right opportunity comes. And he's not one of those people in my mind that's just going to leave for any job because it's a better job in terms of stature. He is so much 
about the fit. He reminds me so much of Chris Peterson, at least everything that I've heard about him, that it would have to be the right opportunity. And I think uh, a lot of times coaches make short-term decisions um, and it's so easy to kind of get distracted about the external uh, attractions of the job. I, I, I think it would really have to take a special opportunity uh, for him to leave Iowa State. Yeah, I think you see how much Iowa State means to him. And I think everyone across the country realizes that he can become an institution there if he were to be a lifelong head coach at Iowa State. And we've always really admired his evaluations and the way he's able to unearth some of these hidden gems or, or prospects that might not have the offers that other prospects do or, or you know, really kind of scouting and developing the talent that they're able to attain. I don't think that's going to go anywhere, but it is going to be interesting to see, you know, it, whether or not things get affected in, in a way where, you know, that, that's something that they can't control. Right, like for he's getting some of this chatter for a reason, and that's because he's really surpassing expectations and really setting a standard that maybe we haven't seen at Iowa State before. So I'm really curious to see what kind of momentum he's able to build after a really noisy 2021 for for Matt Campbell. Uh, last but certainly not least, Cooper, our final and and fifth storyline in the Big 12 as we head into the spring would be Baylor. They uh, finished outside the top 30 in the 2020 two class rankings. But right now they have a top 10 class uh, just outside the top five, uh, number six and number two among big 12 schools right behind Texas Tech. Nine commitments. We were able to see what they were able to do on the field with Dave Aranda, uh, have quickly established themselves as perhaps the, the the most exciting and probably the best defensive team in the big 12. So they've clearly got an identity. And, and I think it's exciting times with, with Aranda there and what Baylor can do and with the change that are looming in the Big 12, there's going to be a power struggle at the top. Remember, there's new conference members coming in. Uh, there's a couple big heavy hitters on their way out to the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma. And, you know, I think it's up for grabs with, uh, you know, the 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 big dogs to, to try to fight out for that number one spot in the Big 12 once uh, uh, Texas and, and Oklahoma leave. Baylor's right there. And if they're able to stack some really good recruiting classes, watch out because Dave Aranda has, has proven to be a really, really effective head coach. Well, you talked about it. It's interesting with the with the dynamic of Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC sooner rather than later. Those were the only two classes in the Big 12 in the class of 2022 that ranked within the top 25. So it leaves this gap here. And both of those schools were in the top 10, Texas at number five, Oklahoma at number eight. So there's this big gap. I, I believe Oklahoma State was number 29 just in, inside the top 30 uh, in 2022. So there's this big gap there in terms of who's going to stand on top of the Big 12 in, in regards to recruiting. And I think there's a couple of schools that come to mind, certainly with Baylor, uh, the most recent Big 12 champion at the top there. So Dave Aranda really not known as being a recruiter, more of a, a, a culture builder and a program builder and somebody who develops talent exceptionally well. That is going to be interesting if he can use all his on-field success. We've talked about kind of the seesaw effect, right? Like with Texas talking about not having the on-field success, but having the recruiting success. Kind of the opposite with Baylor right now. They've had the on-field success, but the recruiting success is really not where it should be. Now, if they can match that, that is when they have a chance to do something really special. And I think Matt Rule kind of laid that foundation when he was at Baylor. And you see what they've done. A couple of their guys popping at the combine, running really well, really a lot of athletic traits. And they were kind of the guys that were more of the calculated risk type 
type of players in the state of Texas, really kind of relying on height, weight, speed, athletic indicators, and track and field background. So I think Baylor can do a little bit of that mixing and matching uh, in terms of building their program and have a great deal of success because I'm not sure there's a better coach or a better staff in terms of develop developing individual talent than Baylor. Yeah, really important next few months for several coaches and several programs in the Big 12. Track all of that over at 24-7 Sports. Cooper, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, we're going to call you Cooper Patagna from now on. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for getting it right. <laughs> all right. That is Cooper Patagna. Thank you so much. He is a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports for Cooper and our producer, Lance Flynn. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Thank you.